brewed in the Northwest, guaranteed fresh. It's the morning blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And look around, he's a brown now. And the sky is a hazy shade of winter. And a very good Thursday morning to you, December 21st, 7 a.m. Brendan and Pat with you on The Morning Blend. Thank you so much for tuning in on this first day of winter. Good morning, Pat. Your favorite season. It, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> but it is a season. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I prefer the Bengals version of that song, by they, the way. They do it pretty well. Now, I had a choice, but if I'd have gone with the Bengals, people would have said, hey, you know. Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah, you got to go with the original. Song. You got to go with the original for sure. But yeah, welcome to winter. It does not feel like winter out there. No, at all. well, that's because officially yet it's not. But oh. when you're at home this evening at precisely seven twenty-seven p.m., you'll feel the shade, this kind of shiver of cold <laughs> blow through from under your door. Hello, winter. That's what welcome it does? to my house. It just kind of blows. I'm in. gonna have a big old thing of hot cocoa with marshmallows in there just to greet winter and say welcome come welcome. on in come on in <laughs> let's sit by the fire oh man and then we go into this wonderful christmas season it's it's just all happening all at once i'm so excited it is this is it's packed full and we'll talk more next week too because not only do we enter winter today and then really i think for many people because christmas is on monday we're really gonna settle in by saturday to just gather with families you know enjoy the weekend Try to get everything done before that happens. So that way you can just rest, be with your family, and prepare for this beautiful incarnation celebration on Monday morning. Great advice. We've been saying it all week. Don't rush it. Just enjoy it. Savor it. Let it unfold and get ready for the Lord to come on on Monday. That's right. And welcome the sun. Talk about, you know, welcoming the son of God and welcoming the sun. From here on out, days start to get longer too. So we're on, I don't know if it's today and tomorrow are really relatively close when it comes to sunrise and sunset. So just looking out the window, Today, it's the shortest day of the year, today and tomorrow. So it's still pitch black outside. That's because sunrise isn't happening until 747 this wow. morning. Yeah. Okay. So, so the sun's not coming up for another 40 minutes. Sunset, 429. Yeah, that just, yeah. Uh, I can't can't quite deal with the that. The sun's going down, so that's it. So you have a, a short amount of time of daylight. That means that when the sun goes down, just... Be home, comfort, food, family. It's kind of still warm for a fire, but maybe get a a little uh, a, a little short fire if you if you want to enjoy the the uh, ambiance of winter. And I noticed yesterday people were out and about walking. Uh, I was out walking yesterday, and I ran into a horse. What? There was Explain a this in Multnomah Village of all places. So it's not like I'm out in the country. I'm in you know I'm in the really urban area <laughs> and i hear the noise i hear the clip clop and i'm like is is that a horse it was a big horse a lady was walking her horse wearing a coat so that was a nice surprise <laughs> that was now you said you, when you were telling me this morning when you came here you said 
you'll never guess what I what I saw yesterday. My first guess was Sasquatch. Oh, but I see I see Squatch all the time. <laughs> all the time. You guys are buddies, aren't we're, you? We're, we're tight. Uh, riding a unicorn. Last time I saw him. But, no, but the horse was a total surprise. That so, is so it got, odd. There were so many people walking their dogs. You know, it was a beautiful day, and today should be pretty nice to do that. I'll see if I'll, I'm going to walk that same area just to see if I see the horse again, but. That's a first for me. Okay. I, I, goats, chickens, ducks, dogs, of course, but the first horse. I'm you never know what you will see walking the streets no. of Portland, Oregon. I'll have to tell you the story about the goats sometime that used to live behind my house. I love those goats. I love goats. They were yeah. so much fun. So hopefully when the sun finally does decide to come up on this first day of winter <laughs> and it's going to be foggy out there, I'll be able to get my day started. It, it didn't start well. Oh, I know. And I came down the stairs. This happens. Now, I don't have a glass coffee pot. I have one of the silver ones. Uh-huh. So you have to do the process. It, it, you know, if I don't go through the step one, step two, step three, something goes wrong. Well, that happened last night. I didn't do the whole steps. I did not empty out the leftover coffee from yesterday. And so when I came home today, <sighs> and it's funny because I'm not sure why. I went down and I looked and I go, I wonder if the coffee spilled over today. And I looked and I said, oh, no, it didn't. All is good. No, it filled up like the little counter and all the little containers of pods underneath it. Yeah, my coffee spilled over today. So I have a less than stellar cup of coffee. See, the name this of the show is The Second Cup, Brenda. So you That's got it. you got to get the coffee right. People are counting on I you. I know. We're going to have a second <laughs> cup today. Da- Pat, you're going to tell us all about what you love about the winter season. Because that's your favorite, I know. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to get there. We better start this show today. What do you got coming up? Well, uh, Pope Francis earlier this morning addressed the Roman Curia, and we'll tell you what he had to say. He always likes to get after them. He did. He he, (laughs) he, he didn't mince words this morning. (laughs) All right. And uh, we're going to find out about a rooster. A that rooster. likes likes to sit up at Notre Dame. He's not he's not an ordinary rooster though. We'll just say that. I'll tell you about that coming up in news also. Well, that's something to crow about. <laughs> for sure. So we do have a great show ahead for you on this Thursday morning. Here is Taylor Tripodi, Forgiven. And we are Brenda and Pat on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bring on that winter. Come on. Each day I try to find something to heal these scars of mine But I just can't find peace of mind Something inside me tells myself you can't forgive me But I'm a fool to be so Your love runs deeper 
Dr. Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. That's Taylor Tripodi and Forgiven. 710, it's the morning blend with Brenda and Pat as we get ready for winter's arrival tonight. And we also are expecting Steve Ray to drop in. Steve will be talking with Brenda next all about the nativity. You're going to learn a few things about that. And we'll check the foggy weather forecast, which will take a turn for the better. That's next at Mater Day Radio. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Day Radio and Monsignor John Syak with a morning blessing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we beg you for your blessing this day, knowing how good you are and how you treat us, not according to our sinfulness, but according to your mercy. We ask you to bless all the people listening, wherever they are, in their homes, in their cars, at work, and that you would give them the grace that they need to be holy this day. You would send the Holy Spirit to them. Send our Blessed Mother Mary to intercede for us. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit MatriDayRadio.com. Get ready for the coming of Christ this Advent with Matriday Radio's Hail Mary Media app. You'll find valuable resources for the season, including Advent Novenas, the O Antiphons, and prayerful meditations. You can even set a customized schedule of your own Advent prayer reminders. The Hail Mary Media app also lets you tune in to the live broadcast of Mater Day Radio and access podcasts of all our original programming, including shows not available on the radio. Plus, you can share your special intentions with our prayer team. Find local holiday events on the interactive community calendar and much, much more. Download it today. Just search Hail Mary Media in the App Store or go to MatraDayRadio.com and follow the easy instructions. Get it now and prepare for the coming of Christ this Advent with the Hail Mary Media app from Matraday Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 713 at Mater Day Radio, onward through the fog. Areas of fog this morning should burn off by noon, otherwise mostly cloudy. High this afternoon up to 50, and the rain rolls in tonight. 30% chance and maybe a little more fog, low about 40. Then rain before noon tomorrow. The showers should give way to uh, some uh, fairly sun, sunny skies tomorrow and a high up to 46. Right now, uh little bit foggy so be careful on the road out there. that's right give yourself a little bit of extra time currently it is a chilly 34 degrees at st joseph's catholic church in vancouver and 35 at st cyril catholic church in wilsonville there's only a few windows left on your advent calendar christmas is close we know the story of the holy family we're going to hear it again in mass the holy family in bethlehem for the census not room in the inn and how can we really know though the reality of this story it's over 2,000 years old 
Well, I'm turning to our good friend this morning, Steve Ray, to get to the truth behind this scripture. Good morning, Steve. Happy good end morning. of the Advent season. Good morning, Brenda. And uh, it's kind of fun coming into Advent because we just had grandbaby number 20 <gasps> a couple days ago. So it's oh. kind of like baby Jesus coming. <laughs> oh, what a blessing indeed, Steve. I became a grandparent for the first time. So I have one from the, born in the summertime. I tell you what grandchildren they are a true blessing from god it's a blessing for all the hard work that you've done through all the years so what a wonderful wonderful christmas season to you as well so steve the story of the holy family their travels to bethlehem that is a story that is two thousand years old how can we be sure that any of this actually really happened the way that the scripture says it did what do we have beyond that to know the story well, that's a big question. I'm glad that we have an hour. Um, <laughs> the uh, Most Americans have no idea where their great-grandparents are buried. If you ask, and I know I do on the buses a lot of times when I'm driving into Bethlehem with our groups. We've been there over 200 times, and probably one or two per bus raise their hand that they know where their great-grandparents are buried. I just say that the people of the East don't forget things as easily as we do. Okay. They have a way of memorizing and remembering those. To 4,000 years ago, I'm just going to give a little story here and kind of lay the foundation for your answer to your question. 4,000 years ago, a man named Jacob, who was Joseph and Mary's great, 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 great grandfather, was traveling towards Bethlehem. And as he came to the entrance, his wife, Rachel, was pregnant nine months. She got off the camel, gave birth to Benjamin and died. 800 years later, King Saul lost his donkeys, asked Prophet Samuel, where are my donkeys? Can you help me? He says, go to the tomb of Rachel, and you'll find your donkeys 800 years later, even though they'd been in the land of Egypt for 450 years and certainly should have forgotten where she was buried. These people don't forget things like that. And when Joseph and Mary were coming to Bethlehem, don't think that Joseph didn't look over and see that tomb which is still there today, by the way. I've been in there. Uh, It's in my documentaries. Don't think Joseph didn't look over and see that tomb and say, oh my goodness, I'm in the same place Jacob was. My wife is nine months pregnant. I hope she is okay. Now, of course, people say, well, she didn't have to worry because it's the son of God. God's going to take care of her. Then why did the uh, why did the angel say quickly quickly go to Egypt and Herod's going to kill the baby? Joseph was protecting. My point is is that they don't forget those things. And when that baby was born in that cave in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, wise men came from the east, a very unusual thing for a small town of Bethlehem. Micah 5.2 says, Oh, little town of Bethlehem. Sure. That's how it starts. It was just a small village. So all of a sudden, three or maybe more, we don't know how many there were, Wise men came to Bethlehem. The shepherds came with this amazing news. Herod commanded that all babies under two years old, baby boys, be killed. That is a huge thing for a small village that has very few big things ever happen. So when the first pilgrims came and said to locals, well, where where was it that that baby Jesus was born? The little boy in the main square would say, come, come, follow me. Come, I show you, I show you. Then in 135... Uh, Emperor Hadrian built pagan shrine over that spot to keep Christians from coming, to obliterate Christianity. Mm. 
But in 313, Christianity was legalized. Queen Helen, his mother, Constantine's mother, came, asked the same little boy in Town Square, where was it that Jesus was born? He said, see that pagan shrine? It's right under there. She knocked the shrine down, and there was the cave still with the graffiti and the memorabilia. She built a huge church in 325 over that cave. And even today, millions and millions of people go down the steps into the grotto where that cave was, and they touch the place where Jesus was born. There's no question where he was born. Steve, you have been talking there, giving us a very complete history. I understand this. You keep saying the cave that Jesus was born in. Now, we think about a stable and not a cave. So what's right? Was he born in the stable or was he born in the cave? There's a a great word called anachronism. And that word means that when you take something of your life and you read it into the past. <laughs> so you, we have red barns with silos in the United States. Yes. Okay. So we read the story of a manger and that's the indication right there. The manger is a big indication that he was born where animals lived. So we immediately assume, oh, it must've been a red barn with a silo with a white fence around it. But the reality was in Bethlehem, there were caves. They didn't have red barns. They didn't have the buildings that kind of buildings we have. And even today, when you go outside of Bethlehem into the countryside around in the Judean wilderness, and I've done this in my movies that I've di- my documentary movies I've made, you will find caves. And some of them still have Bedouin families living in the caves with their animals. The animals provide the warmth. The people provide the protection. The caves are cool in the summer and they're warm in the winter. And in Bethlehem, two miles to the east, there's a place called Shepherd's Field. It's owned by the Franciscans. And in there are several caves. And they still have, like all the other ones, the roof, the top of the cave is black from soot, from fires that have been built to keep the cave warm for centuries and even millennia. And there's also things on the ground that look like raisins, but they're not because sheep and goats live there. Mm-hmm. So there's they they leave their mess on the ground. And so when you go out into the caves, even today, you see that these shepherds have brought their sheep into those caves at night. They build a fire in the entrance. They sleep in the entrance and they protect their sheep. And just like Jesus said, I am the door. That's what he means. I'm sleeping in the entrance. And if the lion wants to get my cute little lambs, he'll have to go over my dead body to get them. And there were lions and bears in in the land of Israel. Even David says he killed them when they came after his sheep until the 13th century. And then they were hunted into extinction. But these caves are still there. And Mary and Joseph did not find a place for the baby. So they found a cave that was used by animals. But it's very appropriate, isn't it, Brenda? Because where are sheep born? Where's the Lamb of God born? In a cave in a where cave. sheep are born. Absolutely. And they, this is, uh, and, and by the way, why were the shepherds the first to know about the birth of Jesus? Well, that's because the shepherds are always the first to know about the birth of a lamb. Oh, absolutely beautiful. Steve Ray joining us today <clears throat> to talk about some of the truths and myths that we know about the Holy Family and the birth of Christ. So this is an interesting topic you brought. Now, it it seemed like, you know, we know that Mary was the word heavy with child. Will any woman in the nine month of pregnancy recognize how heavy it is at the end (laughs) of the pregnancy? And so because things were bustling because of the census that, you know, he was born 
rather quickly from their arrival because there was no room at the end. So the day that the Holy Family arrived was that, within a short amount of time at least, the Christ child born. It would seem so. The scriptures don't tell us the exact uh, day or the hour. They didn't have clocks back then. So Joseph couldn't look at his watch and say, okay, the baby was born at 2.53 p.m. this afternoon. In fact, they, they would have to look up at the sky and see, get an idea where the sun was. That's why the Jews and the Romans divided times into three hours. It was the third hour. It was the sixth hour. It was the ninth hour because they didn't have clocks. So we don't know the exact time that Jesus was born, but it seems like it wasn't long after they got there because um, he had to find a place. And it seems like the baby was born pretty quick afterwards. And then the shepherds got this great news and they were told by the angels to go and see this baby. So, and Herod found out pretty quick too from the Magi, but we don't know exactly the time that he was born. Okay. Steve Ray joining us today, telling us just some wonderful details about the story of the birth of Christ and some things maybe you didn't realize. Steve, I've enjoyed our conversation so much. I am coming up against my break, but I want to talk more about those shepherds and about those wise men that came to visit them after. Uh, Will you stay with me through the break so we can continue? Absolutely. 723 at Matra Day Radio, the morning blend with Brenda and Pat learning all about the nativity. And, you know, this time of year, space comes at a premium, at least around my house. And if you want to make some more space around your house, we've got a solution. It's Matra Day Radio's vehicle donation program. Say you got a car, truck, or boat around the house that's just been sitting there for years and years and years. Why not help us and create some much-needed room around your place? Check out the vehicle donation program. All the details are online at matradayradio.com. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our leadership circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503 252 1722. That's 503-252-1722. Support from Mater Day Radio comes from our leadership circle members, including Blessings from Heaven, the peaceful place to shop for all things Catholic. Blessings from Heaven has a variety of gifts for all occasions and many other Catholic items to choose from. Located on the corner of 3rd and Southwest Tucker Avenue in Beaverton, Blessings from Heaven is open Tuesday through Saturday. For more information, call 503-644-1814. What's your next mission from God? You do have one. We all do. God has something in mind for us right where we are. This is Julie Anderko. Please join me on Your Next Mission from God, where the saints show us just how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Listen to Your Next Mission from God, Saturday mornings at 7.15 and Sunday mornings at 8.15, right here on the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Matra Day Radio. The Morning Blend, two hours a day for two times the fun on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. 726 at Mater Day Radio, the Morning Blend with Brenda and Pat and the Oregon Ducks get a big haul for the first day of National Signing Day. Boy, this looks good if you're a Ducks fan. 
And most buildings try to shoo away the birds from resting on their building. Not in Notre Dame. They've got a permanent rooster sitting on the spire. I'll have that story for you coming up in three minutes. Beautiful Advent music for you now from Steve Agrizano, Emmanuel. You are listening to The Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. Come, come, Emmanuel, Son of God, appear. Heaven and earth rejoice, salvation is drawing near. Salvation is drawing near. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. And ransom captive That mourns in lonely exile here Until the Son of God appears Come, come, Emmanuel Son of God appears Heaven and earth rejoice Salvation is drawing Salvation is drawing near. Oh, come, O oh, rod of Jesse's stem. From every fold delivered. That trust your mighty power to save. And give them victory of all mankind Oh, bid our sad division cease And be for us the Prince of Peace Come, come, Emmanuel Son of God, appear Heaven and earth Salvation is drawing near. Come, come, Emmanuel, Son of God, appear. Heaven and earth rejoice. Salvation is Come to thee, O Israel. Rejoicing man, you shall come to thee, O Israel. That is Advent music for you from Steve Angrizano. Emmanuel.
It is 7.30 right here at Mater Day Radio. Earlier today, Pope Francis cautioned top Vatican officials against becoming rigid and obsessing over ideology, saying that such habits can prevent the Catholic Church from growing. Fear, rigidity, and monotony make for an immobility that has the apparent advantage of not creating problems, but lead us to wander aimlessly within our labyrinths, according to the Holy Father. Francis offered the warning in his annual pre-Christmas address to the Roman Curia, the Vatican's central bureaucracy. We warned that rigid ideological positions, even if motivated by good intentions, can separate us from reality and prevent us from moving forward. Francis, who turned 87 on December 17th and in recent weeks has suffered a serious bout with bronchitis that left him struggling to speak at times, spoke with ease for the more than 25 minutes this morning. In the days ahead, Francis is scheduled to preside over a Christmas Eve Mass and to deliver his traditional Irby at Orby address and blessing on Christmas Day. Catholic bishops around the world are deeply divided on a Vatican declaration that permits non-liturgical blessings of homosexual couples. Some bishops are welcoming the news, others approaching it with caution, and others yet outright refusing to implement it. Countries including Austria, Germany, and France, church leaders have embraced the new guidelines on blessings. Catholic News Agency, though, points out that church leaders in other countries, namely the United States, the Philippines, Ukraine, Ghana, and Kenya, have mostly accepted the declaration but are also urging caution in its implementation. However, church leaders in at least three countries refusing to implement the declaration entirely. Those include Kazakhstan, Malawi, and Zambia. The United States Conference of Catholic Bishops issued a statement that highlighted the distinction between liturgical or sacramental blessings and pastoral blessings and said the church's teaching on marriage has not changed. And this declaration affirms that while also making an effort to accompany people through the imparting of pastoral blessings because each of us needs God's healing love and mercy in our lives. Tragic news out of eastern Multnomah County. Three people and a dog are dead in a shooting investigation that unfolded yesterday morning with crime seeds in both Multnomah and Clackamas counties, according to the Multnomah County Sheriff's Office. Deputies responded shortly after 4 a.m. to a home in southeast Cottrell Road in East Multnomah County, just northeast of Boring. At the property, deputies found the bodies of a man, a woman, and a dog. All of them had been shot, the Sheriff's Office said. Roughly 17 miles away, around 8, a deputy with the Clackamas County Sheriff's Office tried to stop the driver of a white Ford utility van in Clackamas for a traffic violation. The driver refused to stop, leading to a brief pursuit. Near Southeast 131st Avenue and Southeast Comanche Court, the van was stopped. Deputies reported hearing a gunshot from inside the van and found the driver dead. Officials say there's no continuing threat to public safety. Paris's Notre Dame spire is now crowned by a new gold rooster to symbolize rebirth. This is no ordinary rooster, though. It's a reliquary. In the rooster's breast includes fragments of Christ's crown of thorns and remains of St. Denis and St. Genevieve. 
The brand new rooster replaces the one that fell from the burning spire five years ago. Now, the surviving rooster made entirely of copper has preserved its relic intact. So the new rooster is covered entirely with gold. And before it was placed atop a cross, after the reading of the gospel of the resurrection, according to St. Luke, Archbishop Ulrich blessed the new reliquary in a solemn and emotional silence. Along with the relics is a parchment bearing the names of 2,000 workers, architects, craftsmen, and patrons of the art who took part in the reconstruction of Notre Dame. This is just amazing to me that we are getting ready for it to reopen. It just seems like the fire happened yesterday. I know. And it was five years ago, wow. which is just incredible. And, and it just seems like they're, do, they're, they're beginning this process of the, kind of the, the, the touches that made, well, Notre Dame such a wonderful place, a rooster reliquary. And what is amazing, too, in the story, it talks about how the old rooster, their old reliquary, completely destroyed but when they went through it and kind of broke it open, the relics that it held of St. Denis, Genevieve, and the Crown of Thorns, perfectly intact. Wow. Mm -hmm. Exciting news and exciting news in sports. Dan Lanning's Oregon Ducks are on track to produce their second straight top 10 recruiting class. A composite ranking of recruiting sites compiled to, by 247 Sports had Oregon with the nation's number five class as of late yesterday, the first day of the early signing period. The Ducks put together the kind of class that should help them compete in their new home as they move from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten. Oregon's class is ranked second only to Ohio State in its new Big Ten counterparts. Southern Cal's class ranked second among 2023 Pac-12 schools and would be fifth in the new Big Ten behind Ohio State, Oregon, Penn State, and Michigan. Back on the field, where it counts, the Ducks are set to battle Liberty in the Fiesta Bowl on New Year's Day. Every family and every country has their Christmas traditions. Well, Christmas in Europe is a festive season marked by a tapestry of rich traditions rooted in Catholicism. Now, each country adds its unique touch to the celebration, creating a mosaic of customs that reflect the cultural and religious diversity of each continent. And now Latea gives us a few notable Catholic Christmas traditions across the world associated with their country. So if you happen to be spending Christmas in Italy this year, they have La Bafana. And she's a beloved Italian Christmas character, often portrayed as a kind old woman. And on the eve of Epiphany, she delivers sweets and gifts to children who've been good throughout the year, commemorating the visit of the wise men to the baby Jesus. Then spend a little time in Germany because then you can go to Christkind. In Germany, the Christkind or Christ child is a traditional Christmas gift bringer. Often depicted as an angelic figure, the Christkind brings gifts to children on the eve of December 24th, and its appearance is a central part of many German Christmas markets. And earlier, we talked about all of those Christmas markets that are hundreds of years old. I like to do a little shopping sometime at one of those. 
I've been to a few. They're they're amazing. And the food, fantastic. Okay. But here closer to home, we have Renee, who brings Marion Berry uh, lemon bars <laughs> to us. <laughs> I believe, yes, thank you very much, Renee. I believe that needs to be one of our Christmas traditions here at Monterey Radio, the bringing of the sweets. Mm-hmm. I love it. You know, today's National Cookie Exchange Day, so I we got we to is... give something to Renee now. I've <laughs> seen families do this where everybody comes, they bring bring one kind of cookie oh. and they bring a lot of them. They enjoy each other's company. They get a box and they take a couple of every one of those cookies that have been brought. I think that's an excellent idea. No wonder we have to make New Year's resolutions to lose weight. Somebody please oh. invite me over. <laughs> Throughout the show today, too, we're going to continue talking about Christmas traditions in our lifestyle. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Well, one perfect way to slow down this Advent season is to attend Eucharistic Adoration at the Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception. It begins at 8 a.m. throughout the day till 6.30. You can come in for a regular hour or stop in throughout your day. And remember, you can find details on these and many other events. Just head over to the community calendar. You're going to find it under the Get Involved menu at materdayradio.com. You'll also access it on the Hail Mary media app. And if you're headed into the cathedral to spend some time with Jesus, be careful on the road. Lots of fog out there. We'll check the weather forecast. And Brenda continues her conversation with Steve Ray to learn even more about the nativity next at Materday Radio. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Please join Monterey Day Radio and Father Matt Libra from St. Rose of Lima Catholic Church in Portland, Oregon in praying the St. Andrew Christmas Novena. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail, and blessed be the hour and moment in which the Son of God was born of the most pure Virgin Mary at midnight in Bethlehem in the piercing cold. In that hour, vouchsafe, I beseech thee, O my God, to hear my prayer and grant my desires through the merits of our Savior Jesus Christ and of his blessed mother. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This novena is traditionally prayed 15 times a day, starting on St. Andrew's Feast Day, November 30th, until Christmas Eve. For more information and to find more of your favorite Catholic prayers, please download the free Hail Mary Media app onto your smartphone. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Hood Hospice. For more than 40 years, Mount Hood Hospice has been serving those in their final stages of life with loving care in East Multnomah and Clackamas counties. With a compassionate medical and spiritual support team, Hospice services are provided wherever the patient lives. With the top listing on Medicare's Care Compare, information online at mounthoodhospice.org.
This is Dina Marie, host of The Voice of the Shepherd, inviting you to join me on my weekly podcast, Faith Moments with Dina Marie, where I proclaim and ponder the Sunday Mass readings, a perfect way to enhance your study of sacred scripture. My Faith Moments podcast is found on your favorite podcast platform or on the Hail Mary Media app. It's easy to download and absolutely free. Check it out today. The Faith Moments with Dina Marie podcast made available thanks to Matrade Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 742 at Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Well, crossing the bridge today, be careful. There's fog out there, a dense fog advisory in effect. That should burn off, though, by noon. Mostly cloudy this afternoon, high near 50, and then a 30% chance of rain rolling in overnight with more fog coming back, low about 40. Rain before noon tomorrow, then we should see a little bit of sunshine tomorrow, high near 46. Currently, it is 41 degrees at St. Vincent de Paul Catholic Church in Salem. And it's 37 at the Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception in downtown Portland. And I am back with Jerusalem Jones. You might also know him as Steve Ray. He's joining us today as we have a conversation about the truths and some myths about the story of the birth of Christ. Steve, thanks so much for staying with us today. Sure. uh, My pleasure. So in our first half hour, Steve, we were talking about those shepherds and how the shepherds obviously would be the first to know about the birth of a lamb. But some say that there's no way that Jesus could have been born in at the end of December in wintertime because the sheep aren't out in the fields. So what's the truth behind that? Were they in the fields or not? Well, they, the reason that some people say that is because it's too cold. And there's right. snow and ice and the sheep, you know, you just don't take sheep out to eat. Well, whoever came up with that di- idea must live in Minnesota or maybe in Michigan because we had snow on the ground this morning. Um, the reality is I've been in Bethlehem over 150 times plus, And many of those times we take every year a pilgrimage called the Catholic uh, Family Holy Land Christmas Pilgrimage, where we take families. Now, this year we couldn't because of the war, but every year we've done that over, over the Christmas break. And I'll tell you, there's shepherds, sheep are out eating in the fields because it's much more temperate there than it is in Michigan or Minnesota. And the sheep have to eat, and they can go into the caves at night where it's warmer in the caves. And by the way, if you go out into the cold weather, or like I do, you put on a good wool coat. Now, where do you think they get the wool from? (laughs) Those sheep have God-given protection against cold weather. I have been there in Bethlehem where it snowed twice, and we got off the bus, and I had a little snowball fight with the Palestinian kids just for fun. We had a good time because they were so surprised to see the snow, too. So it does snow there, but it doesn't last more than 24 hours, and the um, the sheep have to eat, and they go out and they eat in the field. So um, this is a myth. That, they, that oh. it couldn't be December 25th for that reason. Well, speaking of December 25th as being the date that we celebrate Christ, I've heard this about Easter as well, that Christmas is based on pagan <clears throat> festivals and that we are just trying to overtake with our own stories of what pagans were celebrating. Is, <clears throat> is Christmas based on a pagan celebration? No, it's not. It's birth. It's based on the birth of Christ. Although it, the the uh, winter solstice uh, is based on the planet Saturn, and so people like to say, well, because uh, it's based on Saturn and it's during that time, and they used to put uh, 
ivy and greens around for wreaths and so on. The Catholics just fell for the paganism, and it's a pagan feast. But the reality is, is that this was celebrating the birth of Christ, not a pagan feast. And Catholics are smart. The church has always been very smart. And it, when it goes in to convert a people, it doesn't change everything that they do. It doesn't make them wear suits and ties all of a sudden instead of their native dress. It doesn't make them forget their festivals. What it does is it redeems those things. It redeems those things. And Easter is the same way. It's a spring. Jesus raises from the dead. The leaves come out. It all fits together. And um, the evergreen, of course, is a sign of what? It, it stays alive. It doesn't die. This is Christ coming alive and bringing new life to all of us. But the reality is, is that the church redeems things. When I became a Christian, I didn't paganize the church. Really, what happened is the church redeemed and sanctified me. That's what the church does. When Jesus, the lepers walked around, lepers with the disease, and they had to yell out, unclean, unclean, so people could get out of their way. Because if you touched them, you became unclean. But Jesus, he embraced the lepers. By embracing them, Jesus did not become a leper and contaminated. Rather, he healed and redeemed the lepers. Mm. This is what the church does. The church, when it embraces something, it doesn't become pagan. It Christianizes what is pagan. And this is what happened with many of those feast days. The people said, you know what? This is what we're, this was a, maybe a prefiguration of what we were doing, something. And so we're going to go ahead and celebrate this as a Christian festival. And it's now been redeemed. We're going to do it that way. One last point on that is that when Paul went through the city of Athens, there was a it said that he was grieved by all the statues to all the gods, but he didn't criticize them. He actually complimented them for their religious um, their religious fervor and said, I noticed there was a altar to the unknown God. Let me tell you what his name is. So instead of knocking the statue down and accusing him, he says, I'm going to redeem that. And I'm going to tell you what his name is. And now you can worship the God, which you used to thought was unknown. There is always a good story behind what we do in our Catholic faith, and Steve Ray is joining us today to share more about it. Steve, one of the traditions, or we'll say things that my family did, my dad did for our grandkids, is that as we were leading up to Epiphany, he would move the wise men around the house and then tell the kids, oh, look, they're moving at night when we're not looking. Three of them came, three magi. Now, how can we know the exact story of who these three men were? Well, by the way, your father was one wise man to do that. <laughs> but we don't know how many there were, and we don't know their names, because Scripture doesn't tell us there were three, nor does Scripture tell us any names. We know those names from later tradition, probably oh. legend. And so we don't know that they had names. And we also don't know how many there were. There has been through the early years as many as two, as few as two, or as many as 10. So we don't know how many there were. The reason that we assume there were three is because there are three gifts. So we assume that here comes three camels with three wise men, each one's holding a wrapped presence with a bow in his lap on the camel ready to give to Jesus. But the reality is Scripture only says the Magi arrived without any indication of names or where they came from or what their names are, how many there were. 
so Steve, we, we understand what is happening during these days around the the Christmas tide, around Christmas season. With those wise men, they were supposed to travel back to Herod. And when Herod didn't hear from them, well, he made a decision to kill boys that were several years old. Right. So right. how does this timeline then fit into what we know about in Scripture? There's some discussion on that, and there are people that think that the wise men came much later, maybe even two years later, because Herod said kill boys two years and younger. So they might have been, Jesus might have been up to two years old. I don't think that's the case. I think they came relatively soon. The star, which doesn't need to be some comet or um, uh, conjunction of planets, because it says the star, the light, actually led them to the stable and then remained over top of the stable. That's not your average star. This is a, a miraculous supernatural star that brought them there. And we don't know when they came, but I have a speculation that Herod said two-year-old boys, not because Jesus would have been two years old at the time, but because he covered his bases. He was a ruthless man. He didn't he didn't take any chances, and he wanted to make sure that any boy that was within any range of being born was killed. So kill everybody two and under, and I'll make sure I get them all. The other thing is, is that the Holy Family was a poor family. They didn't have a lot of money, and we know that because they were supposed to offer a lamb for the purification and the presentation 40 days after Jesus was born. But they didn't have enough money for a lamb, so they took the second option, which was to bring two pigeons, turtle doves, and therefore they didn't have much money. How then, without a visa or a MasterCard, did Joseph afford to take his family all the way from Nazareth to Bethlehem, which is a five-day walk, and then 250 miles to Egypt for maybe up to 18 months is what the tradition is. So I believe that when those wise men came, when Jesus was still a baby, they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh, which was the way that Joseph financed that trip because those are very extravagant, expensive gifts. I think they were a provision and a blessing from God the Father to enable Joseph to do all that he had to do to, to protect the son in his first years. And of course, coming up on December 28th, we celebrate the Feast of the Holy Innocents and that story of Herod going after the Christ child. Well, Steve, I feel like I need to say something like, now you know the rest of the story. Thank you so much for filling You're us welcome. in. We offer Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you and have a wonderful new year. And we'll talk with you real soon. Thanks so much for joining Thank us. You. 752 at Monterey Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary, getting you ready for Christmas on this last few days of Advent. And you know, a great way to get ready for Christmas is to make that trip out to the Grotto for the Christmas Festival of Lights. Great lineup tonight, Resurrection Catholic Church Parish Choir at 5 o'clock this afternoon. Then one of your favorites, Brenda. Who is it? Tiger Bailey oh, and the Celtic Harp. I love it. I know. I know you have all the Tiger CDs, so it, Tiger. <laughs> will be out there at uh, 7 tonight. Then you've got Vocal Summit at 8 and the Grotto Carolers Quartet, my favorite, take the stage at 9 o'clock. It's all the Christmas Festival of Lights at the Grotto. We want you to be in the middle of all the fun. You can get the lineup and find out all about the festival at the Hail Mary Media app and matradayradio.com. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. 
Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. This is Modern Day Radio, KBVM Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. Christopher Minutes, thoughts on making every day count. I'm Tony Rossi. This holiday season, if you're looking for ways to give back but are low on cash, the custom stationery business Tiny Prince Giving Back Guide offers several different ways you can share with those in need. First, offer your time and talents to volunteer at a local charity. Maybe help cook for a homeless shelter or do some knitting for those in need. Second, think beyond the dollar. Give away any unused gift cards or stocks that you no longer need. Next, deliver baked goods to your local fire or police station. Show your appreciation to our everyday unsung heroes. And finally, send homemade cards or gifts to soldiers overseas. Sometimes all it takes is letting someone know you care. This message was brought to you by the Christophers. Thanks for listening, and remember that it's better to light one candle than to curse the darkness. Support for Matra Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Jade Bistro and Patisserie, located on Southeast 13th in Portland's Selwood neighborhood. The Jade Bistro is family-run, serving Vietnamese and Thai cuisine with influences from France and Laos. French pastries are available daily, open Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Information can be found online at jadeportland.com. As we surpass three decades of broadcasting, all of us at Mater Dei Radio are thankful for the many blessings this special radio ministry provides to our Catholic community. To ensure that our faith continues to thrive in today's media, we hope you will consider including Mater Dei Radio in your estate planning. There are many estate planning options to choose from, but one way would be to include Mater Dei Radio as a beneficiary in your will. More information on estate planning is on our website at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. 7.56 at Mater Day Radio, and it's almost gotten lost in the shuffle of all the news, but we've got the latest on the Vi- Vatican's financial trial. Mm, okay. And one diocese in the United States plans to ring in the new year by blessing their city on a 20-mile Eucharistic procession. Wow. Talk about bringing people to the streets. I'll have that story for you coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey, everyone. I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic, and this is Awaken the Saint. Today's saint is a man with a zeal, a love, and an energy for the Lord that led him all the way to becoming a doctor of the church. Peter Canisius was born in 1521 in Germany during the height of the Protestant Reformation. At the young age of 19, he received his master's degree from Cologne and shortly after joined the Society of Jesus, which played a pivotal role in reviving the Catholic Church during the Reformation. He was a phenomenal preacher and writer and used these gifts to pack the churches and convert souls for Christ. 
He would frequently travel between colleges in Germany, preaching and inspiring the people back to the Catholic faith, so much so that he became known as the second apostle of Germany. Unlike some of his more fiery colleagues, Canisius's method of conversion wasn't to attack the Protestants. Rather, he thought the people needed to see genuine charity and be taught simple clarification about what the church actually believed. So he took it upon himself to write up three catechisms in efforts to explain the faith in a common and understandable way. In a beautiful quote that sums up his approach, Canisius states, it is plainly wrong to meet non-Catholics with bitterness or to treat them with discourtesy, for this is nothing else than the reverse of Christ's example, because it breaks the bruised reed and quenches the smoking flax. We ought to instruct with meekness those whom heresy has made bitter and suspicious and has estranged from Orthodox Catholics, especially from our fellow Jesuits. Thus, by wholehearted charity and goodwill, may we win them over to us in the Lord." End quote. Canisius brought to Germany and surrounding nations a peaceful voice in a time of great upheaval. He moderated between arguing factions and soothed the divisive wounds in the body of Christ. He never watered down the faith. Instead, he broke it down to be understandable and applicable to their daily life. Think back on your relationship with God for a moment. Which mentors have brought the Catholic faith to life for you? Maybe it was a youth minister or a certain priest, perhaps a speaker on a podcast or at a parish event. It's vital for us not only to share the faith in a loving way, but also to fill our own spiritual zeal tanks. It's not just learning the rituals and doing the rites, it's fanning the flames of love of the faith, which is to know and worship our creator in fearful love. But if our own fire is merely embers, then we can't give what we don't have. We should always be feeding the flame with some good fuel. If you don't have a source of fuel to keep you inspired about being Catholic, don't be complacent. It's so important. My favorite thing to do is to listen to a Catholic podcast or go to daily mass when I'm able. Luckily, there are tons of resources out there, including here at Awaken Catholic. That's why we do what we do. Find what works for you and just remember to thank St. Peter for a beautiful example of how to lovingly share and receive the faith. St. Peter Canisius, pray for us. Thank you for tuning in to Awaken the Saint. And to pray with the saints and find some great Advent resources to get you ready for Christmas, download the Hail Mary Media app. Details on how to do just that at matradayradio.com. It's 8 o'clock. On the first Saturday of the new year, the Bishop of a small Kansas diocese will begin a 20-mile Eucharistic procession and pilgrimage for peace. Bishop Gerald Vinke of Salina will begin the January 6th walking pilgrimage from St. Mary's Catholic Church in Glasgow, Kansas, following their morning mass at the church. He has invited anyone interested in joining him on this procession. Now, citing the amount of unrest in the world today, the bishop said his hope for the procession is that all within his Diocese of Salina will shine and as beacons of peace in society. Inspiration for the pilgrimage is the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops National Eucharistic Revival Campaign, which is ongoing at the parish level and culminates next summer in Indianapolis with the nation's first National Eucharistic Congress in 83 years. In his first major media appearance since being convicted of financial crimes by a Vatican tribunal and sentenced to five and a half years in prison, Cardinal Angelo Becciu told an Italian TV host Monday that, I want to shout to the world, I am innocent. 
With regard to the complex London property deal at the heart of the recent Vatican trial, Becciu appeared to suggest that primary responsibility rested with Italian Monsignor Alberto Perlasacca, who escaped indictment by becoming a witness for the prosecution. Asked if he thinks Pope Francis believes him to be innocent, Becciu said, I believe so, and I hope so. Today marks the deadline for defendants convicted by the Vatican Tribunal to file a notice of their intent to appeal. Those appeals presumably will be heard by the Court of Appeals for the Vatican City State, which is made up of six judges, three clerics, and three members of the laity. Washington State, they were ranked at number 37 for population decline compared to last year in a new annual population estimate. Between April 1st of 2020 and July 1st of 2023, Washington lost 23,497 people in population, according to a new U.S. Census Bureau annual estimate released this week. But there's more to the growing population in the Evergreen State. For the 12 months ending in July, Washington saw over 15,000 people leave. However, migrants more than closed the gap by adding nearly 29,000 in population to the state. Yesterday, the Oregon Court of Appeals delivered a blow to Oregon's signature climate protection program invalidating it over the state's failure to follow rulemaking requirements. The program mandates ever-increasing cuts in emissions from the state's natural gas utilities, suppliers of gasoline, diesel, kerosene, and propane, and large industrial plants. Oregon's three gas utilities, an oil industry group, and a dozen other local trade organizations challenged the program's rules last year, aiming to block them. Environmental advocates said the opinion was a disappointing setback. The state attorney general's office is deciding whether to ask the Oregon Supreme Court to review the opinion. The Department of Environmental Quality said in a statement that its leaders are talking through next steps with state lawyers. And in sports today, Pat. And in sports, well, we're getting ready for bowl season, and Dan Lanning's Oregon Ducks are getting ready to take on Liberty in the Fiesta Bowl New Year's Day. Meanwhile, in Corvallis, the decision to hold out Oregon State running back Damian Martinez has been overturned for an announcement from the Beavers athletic director Scott Barnes. Martinez was arrested on a DUII charge November 29th and was initially suspended from the team's upcoming bowl game. However, the Benton County District Attorney has elected not to file charges for the DUII or similar offenses against Martinez, according to Barnes. Oregon State is set to face number 16 Notre Dame in the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, and that's next Friday, December 29th. And our own Curtis Cooney is going to be there. Curtis is going to be flying out on Wednesday, headed out to the game. So. Oh, we should get a little live update from him maybe after yeah, the, the game. Yeah, the Sun Bowl is always one of my favorite bowl games. There's just something about it. It's You see the mountains in El Paso right there in the stadium, and it's really cool. So it should be a good game. I, I You know, it's kind of up in the air who Who's going to be playing for who? Because all the players transferring through the portals and, of course, uh, the coaching changes at Oregon State. But it, it should be a fun and exciting game anyway. And now, now Martinez is going to be in the backfield for the Beavers. So, uh, Could you get a bowl of Frosted Flakes at the concession stand during the Sun Bowl? I would think so because you know why, Brenda? They're great.
<laughs> well, you know what else is great? Christmas cookies. And that's kind of one of the mm. traditions we have here in the United States, a variety of sweet treats. In fact, today, National Cookie Exchange Day. So get together with your friends, make some cookies, and well, share the joy for sure. Well, across the world, every country has their unique Christmas traditions and today throughout the show we're talking about some of them now in spain and many uh countries like mexico and in south america they celebrate las posadas oh yeah and this is a reenactment of mary and joseph journey to bethlehem in search of lodging now this tradition involves processions often organized by a community of people where participants will go from house to house seeking shelter. The event typically culminates in a gathering with traditional Christmas songs, prayers, and refreshments. We actually had that happen at our house once. Uh, Growing up in California, a group of my mom's friends that she worked with, they came to the house and we had the posadas and we had a nice little celebration afterwards. Big tradition every year in Texas where I'm from, Las Posadas. Yeah, and uh, the luminaries uh, light light the streets. It's, It's just incredible. I love that. All right, I am going to butcher this word, but in Poland, they celebrate Wigilia. That's as best as I'm going to do it. Okay. Wigilia, okay? This is a Christmas Eve supper and cherished tradition. Families gather for a meal that begins with the breaking of the Christmas wafer and includes 12 meatless di- dishes symbolizing the 12 apostles. It's a time for family reflection and sharing. And then lastly, in Portugal, they have the Cantar dos Reyes, the singing of the kings. Now, this Portuguese tradition is where groups of friends or community members go door-to-door singing carols, often accompanied by traditional instruments. And these carols are dedicated to the nativity and express good wishes for the household. I wonder if that's where we got all of our carols from. Maybe? It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. A wonderful evening coming up tomorrow at 7 o'clock. It's Praise and Worship Music with Daniel Oberreiter it, it, at Queen of Peace Bookstore in Vancouver. They are hosting and welcoming a concert for everyone of Praise and Worship with Daniel Oberreiter of The Thirsting. And remember, you can find details on the community calendar at materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Ooh, that's going to be a good one. Isn't that great? Yeah, Daniel always does such a good job. Wow. Up close and personal I think I might head up for that one. That sounds great. 7 o'clock tomorrow. Hey, and what will the weather be like for the concert? Well, we've got the forecast just ahead, plus another great tradition, Eucharistic adoration. And Lexi Torres checks in with Sarah Kinsey next to tell us all about that at Mater Dei Radio. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. This is Father Eric Anderson, pastor of St. Stephen's Catholic Church in Portland, Oregon. Please join me in praying a morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. O God, in union with the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer thee the precious blood of Jesus, 
from all the altars throughout the world, joining with it the offering of my every thought, word, and action of this day. O Jesus, I desire today to gain every indulgence and merit that I can and offer them together with myself to Mary Immaculate, that she may best apply them in the interests of the most sacred heart. Precious blood of Jesus, save us. Sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, or to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at materdeiradio.com. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Tara Umara Children's Hospital Fund of Oregon. The TCHF has a 20-year history that is now focusing on the sustainability to support the long-term efforts of the mission in the Copper Canyon region of Mexico. Information is available on their website at tchforegon.org. As we inch closer into the new year, Matraday Radio's eye-catching 2024 Marian calendars are popping up in a variety of places. They're a great source of spiritual motivation to display in your home, office, shop, or anywhere you could use a little reminder that Our Lady is praying for you. And it's easy to get yours or pick up another one. Just check out our Advent Resources page at matradayradio.com and the Hail Mary Media app for your own 2024 Marian calendar featuring magnificent artwork, encouraging messages of hope, and a full list of the Blessed Virgin Mary's upcoming feast days throughout the new year. Let your friends at Mater Dei Radio show our appreciation for your legacy of prayerful support. Your generosity has been a tremendous blessing to us over the past 34 years. Visit our Advent Resources page now to get your own 2024 Marian calendar. Just another way we're leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary at Mater Dei Radio. It is 8-11 here at Mater Day Radio. Let that dense fog advisory remains in place for all of the Willamette Valley and Oregon coast until noon today. Even up here on Sylvan Hill, we can see it's beginning to rise. So give yourself a little extra time today as you're heading into work or school. And overall, though, today's kind of a repeat of yesterday. Fog lifting by this afternoon. Temperature is going to climb to 52 degrees. Overnight, cooling off to 42. Now, clouds will also begin to move in. And rain is going to be falling into tomorrow. Friday, highs to 50 degrees. And it's 36 right now on the banks of the Malala River at St. Patrick's in Canby. And it is 38 degrees at beautiful St. Thomas Catholic Church in Camas. Well, this Advent season is a wonderful opportunity to grow closer to the Lord. And one of the most important ways that we can do this is through the Holy Eucharist. This is Sarah Kinsey with Mater Dei Radio. And today I am speaking with Lexi Torres, who is with the Parish Support Services for the Archdiocese of Portland. Lexi, happy Advent and thank you for joining us. Happy Advent, Sarah. It's great to be here and I'm excited to chat with you today. First, I want to ask you, for those that aren't familiar, what is Eucharistic adoration? Yeah, really, you might look different in your parish. Maybe at your parish, you experience Eucharistic adoration with worship music or praise music or just complete silence or a mixture of both. Or maybe you spend time adoring Christ in the tabernacle. But really at the core of what Eucharistic adoration is, it's spending time adoring the Lord 
in his presence there because we believe he's truly present as Catholics in the Eucharist. And so if we're sitting there adoring him in the tabernacle or exposed to us in the monstrance, we're spending time with him because we believe he's truly a person. And so he's there with us, sitting with us there, and he wants to spend time with us in that time, allowing us just to share our hearts with him, to rest with him, just to be with him. So it might look like there's music. It might look like there's silence. Maybe there's a rosary, like I said. But whatever it is, it's at the core is you spending time with him, you giving your heart to him. Could you share maybe what is your experience in growing closer to Christ through the Holy Eucharist? So much of my relationship with Christ has been rooted in spending time with him in adoration, in the Eucharist, going to daily mass as much as possible. And, you know, I went to Catholic school my whole life and born and raised Catholic. But I don't think it was really until high school that I like can remember one distinct adoration, worship night in XLT, if you're familiar mm. with Life Teen. Yes. <laughs> I was a high school senior. I just remember sitting in that adoration in that time of praise and worship and for the first time, like really giving Jesus a desire on my heart and allowing him to speak into that and give me sometimes answers I didn't want to hear. But now looking mm. back on, you're like, wow, Lord, I see what you did with that. And that's so beautiful. So that was really for me, I feel like where the Lord nudged me to trust him, to spend time with him more in prayer, to give him those desires and allow him to just work, just be who he is, to be God. And that really helped me so much to grow. And then continuing that into college. And that was just spending time with the Lord in prayer as much as I could, whether that be in adoration, just staying a little bit longer in prayer after mass. I went to a Catholic college, so we had a chapel on campus. So I had the opportunity to just pop in after class for Mm -hmm. 15 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour and just be like, Lord, this is the chaos of life right now. These are the decisions I'm making. Can you guide me in them? And again, beautiful. Just look back on and see how that transformed my life. And then even more so serving as a missionary and having the blessing of praying a holy hour every single day for over two years. I just continue to look back on that time and see how much the Lord poured grace into that and is continuing Mm -hmm. to pour grace into that. And what a blessing it was to spend time with him so intimately and pouring that into my life now as much as I can, spending time with him as much as I can, just allowing him to fill me. You know, it's funny as you were kind of recounting those different periods in your life, there was several instances that mirrored my own life. Mm-hmm. Just I grew up going to adoration hour with my mom. She mm-hmm. had was signed up for one of the perpetual adoration hours. So we would do that. Um, but then in high school, it was kind of these worship nights where we we really got to just spend more time with the Lord. And that's where I think I really started to trust him was mm. in those times of adoration and then also through college. And I also was very blessed to have a chapel in my dorm and mm. just having time to rest in his presence, I think was so key for me. And I still find that with me now, like in busyness of work and life now. It's just when I get a few minutes to, like you said, even stay after mass for a few minutes and and just have quiet with him or or stop into like an adoration chapel. Um, Just having that rest is so beautiful. Mm. Yeah. It's, I think it's important to remember because I know there's times where I go in adoration. I'm like, okay, do I have this? Do I have my Bible? Do I have my journal? Do I have my rosary? Am I prepared? Yeah, am I prepared to pray right now? Lord, what do you want to talk about? You know, all these right. things. And there's so many times, especially more recently, especially in the season of Advent, where I feel like the Lord is like, can you just sit with me? Do you want to just be with me? And mm-hmm. I don't need you to, you know, do anything, but just be here and then let me work. 
and the peace that brings like you don't want to leave <laughs> you yeah. know you're like I have to go now but I don't want to go you know I have other you know I have other responsibilities you have to be you got other things on the schedule for that day but so often when I do just take that time to sit and be with him mm-hmm. for however long he's inviting me into you just see how he wants to be with you in just the simplest ways and it's just so beautiful and so encouraging to know that it's actually quite simple of just sitting, being, and resting with him. I am talking this morning with Lexi Torres from the Archdiocese of Portland. And Lexi, for for those people that maybe Eucharistic adoration especially is new, so maybe they, they like this idea of really resting with the Lord, but they're not sure like, well, this feels uncomfortable. You know, I'm here. Mm-hmm. It's quiet. What am I supposed to do? How would you encourage someone to get started in the practice of Eucharistic adoration? Yeah, I remember when I was in college and I was experiencing this draw to spend more time with the Lord. And I would, you know, show up and I was starting to journal and do stuff like that. But I also just started to listen to worship music while I was sitting there as well. And I would just have a playlist that I listened to. And it's beautiful because the Lord really spoke to me a lot through the words of those songs. Mm-hmm. And I can see now how he was working in that, which is so cool. And it just was those little things of noticing, like, where does the Lord want to meet me right now? Well, he wants to meet me in scripture sometimes, or he wants to meet me in a beautiful praise and worship song, or he wants to meet me in how I'm journaling and what I'm writing down to go back and read and see words that I just think to myself, okay, that was not me. That was Mm -hmm. all you, Lord, who wrote those words down. Or just also in the silence, the simplicity of just sitting. And so not to be afraid to go in and say, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm comfortable with, I know how to listen to music a little bit, or Mm -hmm. I know how to write. So I'm comfortable with that. And just giving him whatever area maybe you're a little bit comfortable with, and also the areas you're a little uncomfortable with, (laughs) and then seeing how he can blend the two and meet you. Because you just, the Lord just wants to encounter you in whatever way he desires to. And we each, you know, we have different love languages. We all love to talk about the love languages. And Christ knows that. And so he's going to encounter you in the love language that you need to meet him in um, so that he can draw closer. Because ultimately, that's what he wants. He wants to know us and be in relationship with us so badly. And he'll take whatever little crumb we give him and make just a beautiful meal out of it. And I'm, I'm just grateful for the ways he's done that in my life. And that really did start with me in college, showing up to the chapel, journaling, listening to music, and then building upon that from 15 minutes to 20 Mm -hmm. minutes to an hour to some days even longer than that, depending on what's going on in life that week. Um, Having the blessing of spending a little bit more than an hour in prayer as well. But you just get to see how when you give the Lord just those little, little times, those little things, he shows you how you can make them even bigger and even stronger. I think that's a good place to start. We just give him what we can and he, he makes so much more out of mm-hmm. out of our little offering. And we mm-hmm. just give them the chance to work. We just give them a little bit of our time. Mm-hmm. Now, Lexi, the, around this time of year, especially, and throughout the year, though, there, there's so many different opportunities in people's parishes and their mm-hmm. local area. What are some suggestions that people could maybe find in their local area that they could um, attend a mass or, mm-hmm. or a Eucharistic adoration? Yeah, I would start by checking out your parish bulletin, checking out your parish website, see when do they have either weekly, daily, monthly Eucharistic adoration, and then pick a day, pick a time in that month or that week that you're going to go and spend time with the Lord in adoration, Uh, especially, you know, something that maybe it starts five minutes or that hour, whatever it is, but start with that. But then maybe you're not there. Maybe you're like, oh, no, I just I can't even make it to adoration yet. I can't sit with him in that way yet for whatever reason that it is. 
okay, well, maybe you're spending an extra 10 minutes after mass, after you receive the Eucharist, spending time with him. Maybe you know that your church is open during office hours, that Mm -hmm. maybe the chapel and the church is open during that time. Jesus is there. He's in the tabernacle. So maybe you choose a day in the week or in the month that you're just going and spending time with him in the tabernacle because the Lord, again, he wants to work with whatever we want to give him. Also, maybe picking up an extra day of mass. Maybe you incorporate more daily mass into your life because that's really what we want. We want to receive him. We Mm -hmm. want to have him and body, soul, divinity, everything in us. And so that's ultimately as well. We want to be receiving him, spending time with him. It's just like any other relationship. I love calling my friends, but I love even more when I can give them a hug. And I love when I can sit and have a coffee with them and just Mm -hmm. give them my heart as well. And so just like those friendships, you want to do the same with Christ. You want to give him in so many different areas of your life, your entire life. Lexi, thank you so much uh, for joining us, and we wish you a very blessed rest of your Advent season. You as well, Sarah, and I'll be praying for all the listeners as well in this Advent season that they just draw closer to the heart of Christ and prepare their hearts to receive Him. It is 822 here at Mater Day Radio. Well, perhaps your house might be busy with people coming and going here at Mater Day Radio. We had a bit of a busy day yesterday. We got to celebrate a beautiful mass. And also during that time, they began that work on our uh, technology rack room where all of our digital and, and hardware are. And yeah, it's. It's been a process, and unfortunately for us, it comes with a, a pretty pricey bill. And so we are hoping that you are faithful listeners. You've been so supportive of Mater Day Radio for 34 years. We've been on the air here in the Portland area. If you are looking at a way to give during this end of year, well, please consider Mater Day Radio as part of that end of year giving. If you go to our webpage, materdayradio.com, you'll see information on ways that you can support Mater Day Radio. We are going to start this new year, Pat, and we are just our computer systems We'll be zinging along. It's going to be great. And we're going to be able to do so many wonderful things in the new year. What a blessing. Yeah, Absolutely. Bringing new programming for sure, like Father Mike Schmidt with his uh, Bible in a year and catechism in a year. And again, all of that program because of you, our supporters. So please go to Mater Day Radio. And if you have the ability to give and share that gift with us, we so very much would appreciate it. You can also find out information on the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. This is Alex Nelson, Stewardship and Development Officer of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. Archbishop Alexander Sample invites you to attend a special pilgrimage to Rome to visit the heart of the church and celebrate vocations to the priesthood and religious life. This 11-day pilgrimage from September 25th through October 5th, 2024, will include stops in Siena, Florence, Assisi, and Orvieto. Pilgrims will experience private guided tours and have the opportunity to visit magnificent churches, holy places, museums, and Roman ruins. Pilgrims will also get to attend the diaconate ordination of American seminarians at St. Peter's Basilica in Rome with Archbishop Sample presiding, a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. 
For more information, visit our website, archdpdx.org slash Rome. archdpdx.org slash Rome. Thank you and God bless you. The Benedictine Brewery Tap Room is a place of hospitality and fellowship, a place where all who come are welcome and where the peace of nearby Mount Angel Abbey permeates. Come for the beer, return to share the spirit of the monks of Mount Angel who brew craft beer in the tradition of the Belgian monks of old using local waters and hops grown on Abbey land. Taste and believe. Learn more at benedictinebrewery.com. That's benedictinebrewery.com. Hi, I'm Father Cedric Bizenia. I'm a passionist, religious, and a Catholic priest, and the host of Live With Passion. My motto is touching lives and saving souls. I hope you will tune in each week on Modern Day Radio, Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. It's designed to inspire and encourage you. It's real practical. Talk about real-life issues, things that people are going through. I'm so grateful that you're listening to Modern Day Radio. Don't just live, live with passion. It's good to the very last drop. The Morning Blend, on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. 826 at Mater Day Radio. It's the Morning Blend with Brenda and Pat. That sun shining through the fog this morning. We'll check the weather just ahead. And Pope Francis delivers a major address this morning to the Roman Curia. We'll tell you what was in it next. And that is no ordinary rooster sitting at Notre Dame. He has a very precious cargo inside the breast. I'll tell you about it right after this song. Sanctus Real, Jesus Loves You. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Walking in the church on Sunday, just a kid never knowing that someday every worry I'd find would follow me all of my life. Nervous sitting there in the classroom, the teacher saw that I was brand new. I will never forget every word that she said, she said.
on Sunday My daughter's standing close beside me All the things that I felt She feels them as well She's holding my hand so tightly At the classroom door before I leave I knelt down next to her Whispered the very same words I said Jesus loves you Sanctus Real, Jesus Loves You. It is 8.30 right here at Mater Day Radio. Earlier today, Pope Francis cautioned top Vatican officials against becoming rigid and obsessing over ideology, saying that such habits can prevent the Catholic Church from growing. Fear, rigidity, and monotony make for an immobility that has the apparent advantage of not creating problems, but leads us to wander aimlessly within our own labyrinths, the Holy Father said. Francis offered the warning in his annual pre-Christmas address to the Roman Curia, the Vatican's central bureaucracy, where he warned that rigid ideological positions, even if motivated by good intentions, can separate us from reality and prevent us from moving forward. Francis, who turned 87 on December 17th and in recent weeks has suffered a serious bout with bronchitis that left him struggling to speak at times, spoke with ease this morning for about 25 minutes. In the days ahead, Francis is scheduled to preside over a Christmas Eve Mass and to deliver his traditional Urbi et Orbi address and blessing on Christmas Day. Catholic bishops around the world are deeply divided on a Vatican declaration that permits non-liturgical blessings of same-sex couples. Some bishops welcoming the news and others approaching it with caution and others still outright refusing to implement it. Countries including Austria, Germany, and France, church leaders have embraced the new guidelines on the blessings. Catholic News Agency points out that church leaders in other countries, namely the United States, the Philippines, Ukraine, Ghana, and Kenya, have mostly accepted the declaration but are also urging caution in its implementation. However, church leaders in at least three countries they're refusing to implement the declaration entirely, and those include Kazakhstan, Malawi, and Zambia. The United States Conference of Catholic Bishops issued a statement that highlighted the distinction between liturgical or sacramental blessings and pastoral blessings, saying the church's teaching on marriage has not changed, and this declaration affirms that, while also making an effort to accompany people through the imparting of pastoral blessings, because each of us needs God's healing love and a mercy in our lives. 
Three people and a dog are dead in a shooting investigation that unfolded yesterday morning with crime scenes of both Multnomah and Clackamas counties, according to the Multnomah County Sheriff's Office. Deputies responded shortly before 4 a.m. to a home in Southeast Cockrell Road in East Multnomah County, just northeast of Boring. At the property, deputies found the bodies of a man, a woman, and a dog. All of them had been shot, the Sheriff's Office said. Roughly 17 miles away, around 8 in the morning, a deputy with the Clackamas County Sheriff's Office tried to stop the driver of a white Ford utility van in Clackamas for a traffic violation. The driver refused to stop, leading to a brief pursuit. Near Southeast 135th Avenue and Southeast Comanche Court, the van driver stopped and deputies reported hearing a gunshot from inside the van where they found the driver dead. Officials say there's no continuing threat to public safety. Paris Notre Dame Spire is crowned by a new reliquary, a rooster that symbolizes rebirth. And in the breast of the reliquary includes fragments of Christ's crown of thorns and the remains of St. Denis and St. Genevieve. This brand new rooster replaces the one that fell from the burning spire five years ago. The surviving roosters, made entirely of copper, had preserved its relics intact. Now, the new rooster is covered entirely with gold. And before it was placed atop a cross, after the reading of the Gospel of the Resurrection, according to St. Mark, Archbishop Ulrich blessed the new rooster in a solemn, very emotional silence. Along with the relic is a parchment bearing the names of the 2,000 workers, architects, craftsmen, and patrons of the arts who took part in the reconstruction of Notre Dame. It's been exciting to follow along. We were so devastated when we saw the pictures of Notre Dame burning, but now, boy, from the ashes, this new church has arisen. In sports, Dan Lanning's Oregon Ducks are on track to produce their second straight top 10 recruiting class. A composite ranking of recruiting sites compiled by 247 Sports had Oregon with the nation's number five class as of late yesterday, the first day of the early signing period. The Ducks put together the kind of class that should help them compete in their new home as they move from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten. Oregon's class is ranked second only to Ohio State in the new makeup of the Big Ten. Then, but followed by uh, Southern Cal and Ohio State, Oregon, Penn State, and Michigan. Back on the field, the Ducks are set to battle Liberty in the Fiesta Bowl on New Year's Day. Christmas in Europe apparently is a very festive season marked by tapestry of a rich tradition rooted in their Catholic faith. And each country adds its unique touch to the celebration, creating a mosaic of customs that reflect the cultural and religious diversity of the continent. Now, Alatea has given us kind of a worldview of Christmas traditions. And we started our world tour in Italy with La Bafana. In Germany is Christkind. Of course, the Las Posadas processions in Spain. Poland has their tradition, as does Portugal. Now, Pat, I am not even going to closely attempt to say this Icelandic word, but... <laughs> well, you did so well on the Polish. Wiglia. Yeah, I'm, I guarantee you that is not the word. Well, in Iceland, they have the Christmas book Flood. 
a Christmas book flood. And it is a tradition where books are exchanged as gifts on Christmas Eve. Families then spend the evening reading their new books, fostering a love for literature and quiet, reflective moments. Now, while this is not strictly Catholic in tradition, anything that promotes family time together is worth encouraging. Then in France, they have Stantons. Stantons. And these are small handcrafted nativity figurines that are a hallmark of Christmas in Provence. The figurines represent various characters from village life and are displayed in elaborate nativity scenes, adding a unique touch to the French Christmas tradition. And then finally, the United Kingdom. They've got Boxing Day. You've heard of Boxing oh, Day. Oh, certainly. Well, Boxing Day is on December 26th. It's not exclusively a Catholic tradition. It has historical ties to the Feast of St. Stephen. Now, St. Stephen was the first Christian martyr, and his feast day is observed on December 26th. So traditionally, Boxing Day in the UK was a time for charitable giving with boxes placed in churches to collect donations for the less fortunate. And they have, you know what they have, Yorkshire what? pudding. Oh, do they? Oh. It's never... not pudding. What it's is it? It's a popover. It's like a popover with like gravy in it. It's not like, you know, we think pudding like, you know, the jello pudding. No, no, no. This is this is a really a wonderful wonderful Christmas treat. I wonder if we can find any of that here in the Portland area. Mm. Yorkshire pudding. I wish we could. I it's try delicious. Some. Maybe yes. Monsignor O'Connor knows how to make it. Oh, there you go. We'll check. We'll <laughs> ask him. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. A wonderful opportunity for you and your family to gather to pray the rosary next Wednesday at 1230. The rosary for the faithful departed happens at Gethsemane Chapel in Happy Valley. Join Deacon David Hamus to pray a rosary and litany of the faithful departed. Well, then Deacon gets in his car, drives to the Portland area because at 2.30 is the Rosary for the Faithful Departed at Mount Calvary Mausoleum, just up the hill here at Mount Calvary Catholic Cemetery on Skyline. Cards are available to request a special intention for the deceased. And remember, you can find details on these and many more events happening in our area. Just go to the community calendar at materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. Well, it is the first day of winter arriving tonight, and uh, the weather forecast, well, we got sunshine, we got fog. I'm just looking for the snow, Brenda, but I I don't see it in there. No snowflakes in my forecast. But it is winter, and we will tell you how to get ready and some of the things that we enjoy about winter on the second cup after we check your weather forecast next. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Often, when confronted with the apostles' claim that Jesus rose from the dead, people ask if they made it up, and it's a reasonable question. So, did they? I don't think so, and here are a few reasons why. First, the early Christians had nothing to gain and everything to lose in lying about Jesus' resurrection. 
which makes their testimony credible. As Paul argues in 1 Corinthians 15, the only outcome for him lying is persecution and death. How does that serve as motivation for a lie? Second, the Gospel writers include women as the first witnesses. This is a big no-no if you're trying to fabricate a story in first century Judaism. According to the first century Jewish historian Josephus, the testimony of women wasn't considered reliable at the time. So, there's one thing we can be certain of. The apostles weren't lying about Jesus' resurrection. I'm Carlo Brusord with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Jeff Kane at North Point Bank in Vancouver. North Point Bank brings value to customers through client-focused home loan programs, including new construction, renovation options, financing for rental properties, and more. Learn more at northpoint.com. That's northpoint, P-O-I-N-T-E dot com. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Would you like to gain a deeper understanding of the Holy Mass? Hello, this is Terry Ross. Join me on Mater Dei Radio each Saturday afternoon at 4 and Sunday afternoon at 2 for the glory of the Mass. Every weekend, we'll explore the rich history of sacred music within the Catholic liturgy. Increase your appreciation for the beauty and sanctity of Catholic sacred music with the glory of the Mass Saturday and Sunday afternoons on Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 842 at Monterey Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Well, fog is out there and so is the sunshine. Kind of odd, but uh, that should burn off. We should have cloudy skies this afternoon, high near 50. Then rain back tonight after uh, midnight. Patchy fog rolls in again, low about 40. The chance of rain at about 100%. So I, I don't think it gets much higher than that. <laughs> Tomorrow, so. rain sticking with us, but we should have sn- uh, some sunshine by the afternoon and the high up to 46 tomorrow. Currently, it is 36 degrees at Catholic Community Services of Clark County in Vancouver. And here in Portland, uh, on the west side at St. Pius X, it's 37 degrees. And look around, he's a brown now, and the sky is a hazy shade. Well, right now up at Sylvan Hill, it's a hazy shade of sunlight in my eyes. The fog (laughs) down there is kind of thick, but it's sun shining up here on the hill. We're getting like like two seasons at once here, which is appropriate because it's still technically fall, right? It is. Yeah. Right. So add precisely 727, that's our local Pacific time, a waft of cold will come in from (laughs) under your door, giving you a shiver. Reminding you, winter is officially here. So I guess today's the first day of winter. Tomorrow, the first full day of winter. So the time, as far as the shortest day of the year, they're really pretty close. So the sun came up at 747 this morning. And it's going down at 429 this 429. evening. 429. <laughs> that is very wow. strange okay. to think about that. But then we know beyond after this, the sun's coming back. The sun is born on Christmas morning and the sun returns all the way to June. We get longer and longer and longer. So as short as the day is now, we've got to remember that by the time we get to June, the sun's going to go down at like 940 right, or something right. like that. Yeah, so. yeah. And you, how do you sleep when that sun is still up? Room darkening 
shears. Ah, okay. Keep that in mind. Okay. This year, room darkening shears. That is a great thing to have because, yeah, it's hard to sleep because, yeah, for the morning show, we have to get get into bed by 9 o'clock. And if the sun's still in the sky, yeah, it makes it a little hard. Room darkening shears. So, again, so winter solstice, summer solstice. Those uh-huh. are the two things you have to remember. It's So today, I, I looked this up. It's also called the hibernal solstice, which occurs when either of the Earth poles reaches its maximum tilt away from the sun. It happens twice a year. So we were talking about that a little bit yesterday, the way that the Earth kind of tilts. That's that wobble in its kind of rotation, and then it starts to kind of wobble back the other direction. Because we are our closest to the sun right now in terms of the Earth's rotation. Yes, I find that fascinating. And uh, don't want to get too close. (laughs) Don't get too close to the sun, but we all know. Yeah, Uh, it looks like we may be set up for a mild winter because of that El Nino effect. Uh, warmer temperatures in the ocean is going to create uh, more rain, I think is what they are predicting. I believe that's right, yeah. I and after last seen, winter, we need it. I have not seen a single snowflake in the forecast Good, around let's here. Let's hope it stays let's that way. It. So I thought today for the second cup, we'd spend a little time talking about what makes the winter such a wonderful season. Your favorite season, Patrick. Well, I, you know, my, my, my mind obviously goes to food, so I'm not going to go there. But I will tell you, there's something about the sound of studded tires. <laughs> I kind of like that. Just you like that. the sound? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. that sound to any city officials is sad yes, because yes, I know. They, they do tear up the roads if we don't have ice. So uh, I would say you got time to hold off on that a little bit. I've heard a few. I've, I've heard, heard a, few a few as I'm out. But mm-hmm. there's just something. I don't know. I just kind of like that sound. Yeah, so I think one of the things that I think about during the wintertime, and again, it's dark outside, it's cold, everybody kind of stays inside. You think about kind of setting your home mm. to, to to be used more often. You're not going into the backyard. You're not, maybe not be able to take those long walks. It does kind of remind me to turn interior on my faith life, to just kind of go inside and pray and just try to root out those maybe bad habits that I want to change for the new year. And it seems like a, a good time to light a candle, you know, for the light. Exactly. Right? Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah, prayer candle. Uh-huh. We were reminded several times yesterday, and thank you first to Father King. He came up <laughs> and offered a mass for us yesterday. Speaking of the light, what are we, I cannot believe that he was the first one to point this out to us. What is missing at Mater Day Radio? An Advent wreath. We don't have. We have so many beautiful Catholic things around here. We do, but we do not have an. We will next Advent. Oh, I promise you. Oh no doubt. So next time. <laughs> Thank uh, you for the reminder, Father King. <laughs> keeping us holy, always <laughs> needing to keep us holy too. So yeah, light those beautiful candles of your Advent wreath. Uh, so some other things though for winter. We talked about snow. We talked about, we might still talk a little bit about food. We'll see how this goes. Layer away. Yes. That's one of the things here that we can do during the wintertime is we layer all of our clothes. We are sweater and scarf people around here. And and you don't have you're not gonna worry about sweating because it's just kind of cold outside. But with big bulky sweaters, don't you love that? I do, I do, I do indeed. Yeah, and and I was counting. So the other day I had five layers going. 
five layers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe overdoing it a little bit, but I, yeah, I l- love to layer. Uh, the other thing is, is you can relax in maybe at home or maybe you're going on a vacation somewhere when it is cold outside. And have you ever been to a place where, you know, maybe it's even a snowy resort mm. and you run out and you get into their hot tub. So you've got snow all around you, and you are just basking warm in a hot tub. There's something about that. You get the the hot and cold all at the same time that, uh, yeah, it kind of creates a a euphoric feeling. It does. Yeah. Now, for many years, we had a hot tub at our home, and me and the kids, we would use that. Summertime, we'd let it go cool, so that way the kids could kind of splash around in it and stay cool. But we have been in there in a few of the winters that we've had where there was a lot of snow. I'll say this, getting into the hot tub <laughs> is a little bit rough because you, you're running. And I used to wait in the house and I'd send the good deacon out to get the cover off and get the jets going. And then I would run out and then get in the hot tub. But when you're done, when you get out, it's amazing. Your skin is warm and Yeah, the snow doesn't seem to bother you too much. It it is. It's an amazing feeling. Yeah. (laughs) So, all right. And then fires. Absolutely. I love, love, love Mm -hmm. having a fire in the house. Now, we have, we actually still have a wood burning fire and it crackles. Now, we have had good, like, logs before and then right now we don't have quite as good a logs there's a lot of sap in them oh (laughs) yeah but they pop and it just sounds so nice whenever they're look i can guarantee we have to do nothing in our household but turn down the lights and start the fire and it's like a signal to the house the kids from their rooms from the bonus room video game screens it all gets shut off and everybody comes down like oh what are you doing? Sitting by the fire. Well, you think about it. Man has been sitting in front of the fire since the <laughs> dawn of time, right? That's so right. So I think it's in us, you know, to, to, to share stories around the fire and enjoy that warmth coming off the fire. But the weird thing is, Brenda, since I've moved to Oregon over eight years ago, I've yet to live in a place with a fireplace. No fireplace, Yeah, huh? I miss it. I need, I need one. So I was looking. I think a, a, a wood stove also works really, really well. Oh, for sure. So, yeah, I, be, I was thinking about that. It's like maybe you can't really put a fireplace in, but maybe that wood stove. Yeah, that'd yeah. be kind of nice. Okay, so you said stove, which reminds me of <laughs> cooking, which leads me to food. There's some great comfort foods. because Soup. you. Because you, you cook it a long time, you don't want to do it in the summer yeah. and heat up your house, but you can use the opportunity in winter. What If you're going to have a comfort food for dinner tonight, what do you want to eat? Oh, I, I would say, you know, the soups, the, you know, the ones you kind of kind of keep and cook all day and simmer all day. Oh, yeah. yeah, those are good. Oh, yeah. For whatever reason, when I think of comfort food, I go towards pot roast, pot roast mm. and potatoes. Mm. I yeah. just think those are fabulous. So With the Yorkshire pudding. Okay. Apparently, you can find Yorkshire pudding here in the Portland area, Pat. I'm going to have to track that down. I'm going to go out and look for it. Okay. All right. Well, a wonderful whole season of winter <laughs> to eat comfort food, to go interior in our our faith life, and, and just really welcome this season and all that it brings. I hope you enjoyed today's second cup. Tasty. Support for Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. 
Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. This is Father Thomas Nathy, the pastor of Holy Redeemer Parish in Vancouver, Washington. Let us pray the prayer for peace by St. Therese of Lisieux. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, eternal priest, keep your priests within the shelter of your sacred heart, where none may touch them. Keep unstained their anointed hands, which daily touch your sacred body. Keep unsullied their lips, daily purpled with your precious blood. Keep pure and unearthly their hearts, sealed with the sublime mark of the priesthood. Let your holy love surround them and shield them from the world's contagion. Bless their labors with abundant fruit, and may the souls to whom they minister be their joy and consolation here and in heaven their beautiful and everlasting crown. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This January, Mater Day Radio welcomes Father Mike Schmitz. Bible in a Year with me, Father Mike Schmitz, is coming soon to Catholic Radio. Starting January 1st, encounter God's voice and learn how to live life through the lens of Scripture with a new episode every day. I hope you'll join me as we discover how the story of salvation unfolds and how we fit into that story today. Bible in a Year, mornings Monday through Saturday at 6.30 and Sundays at 7, right here on Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Morning Blend, Western Oregon and Southwest Washington's number one Catholic morning show on the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Mater Day Radio. 854 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. One last check of weather, areas of fog burning off by noon. Otherwise, mostly cloudy high this afternoon, 50. Rain in tonight, 30% chance rising to a 100% chance tomorrow. Low of 40, high tomorrow, 46. Right now, it's 36 here in the Rose City. And closing out our show today, it's Josh Blakesley. Be lifted high. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Your voice is over the water. Your voice is over the sea. Your voice is mighty in power and wisdom and love and charity.
Josh Blakesley and B lifted high. It is 8.59 here at Mater Day Radio. Ooh, I'm ready for winter now. Oh, then that's feel good. Bring on the Yorkshire pudding. Oh, we got, <laughs> boy, what a fun show today. I feel like we are really getting into this celebratory week. Have these last few days of Advent. Boy, I hope you are able to spend it with some family coming in the weekend. Pat, we have got an amazing show. It's li- already lining up for tomorrow. We are going to Rome for our first interview. Oh, oh special guest. Don't get too excited. It's not Pope Francis. Remember, he doesn't speak English. But we got the <laughs> next best thing, I think, coming up tomorrow. I'm really looking forward to it. So tune in tomorrow. Pasta too? Uh, for sure. We can do that. <laughs> okay. We hope you have a blessed day.